Welcome to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast with Sakar Kali. During this program, you will hear guest experts sharing their experiences, best practices, and market insights. We discuss investing in multifamily apartment complexes and how a busy professional can passively invest hassle-free in various opportunities. Your host, Sakar Kali, owns millions of dollars of assets and has done thousands of value-add projects over 20 years now. So listen in for insights. Here's your host, Sakar Kali. Welcome to another edition of Premium Cashflow Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of having Scott Maurer with uh, Advanta IRA giving us exposure and opportunities that surround around the self-directed IRAs. Uh, thank you for taking time, Scott. I appreciate you joining the show today. Oh, Sakar, I'm happy to be here. Good to, good to, good to talk with you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, please explain our listeners, just starting with basics, uh, Scott, as to you know, what is self-directed IRAs and how powerful of a weapon that can be uh, for any passive investors to uh, you know, uh, take advantage of. Yeah, they're, they're extremely powerful vehicles. Uh, and it's, it's the fact that most people don't know they exist um, is, is the downside. I mean, a lot of people don't know they have these options. But what a self-directed IRA uh, at its core is, is in a concept, the ability for you to take money in your regular IRA, your Roth IRA, your SEP IRA, maybe an old 401k account. Instead of being tied to mutual funds, stocks, other securities, you're, you can invest your IRA funds into a number of alternative assets, gold and silver, real estate, real estate syndications, notes, mortgages, there's so much more you can do. And that's really what a self-directed IRA offers you is the ability to choose your own investments and take control of your account. So if you have any type of IRA account, you can self-direct it. You just have to take the step of working with a company like Advana to be able to move your funds, keep them tax protected, and then ultimately choose the investments that, again, that you understand, uh, that you can control. And then frankly, in a lot of uh, places, Sakar, it's people more comfortable with investing in the assets that they choose uh, with self-directed. And, and most people will say, I've never heard about this before. Why is that? Well, most individuals who have their IRAs or have an old 401k have it through a brokerage account, you know, a Fidelity or a Schwab that are only going to offer you those products that they sell. IRS regulations allow for quite a bit more. So Schwab and Fidelity aren't going to tell you about all of the investments that you can make mm-hmm. if they're not going to hold them. They're only going to tell you about what they do. So the reason people haven't heard about it is a lot of people have not, you know, simply they, they put their money away each month or each week into their, their IRA, their 401k. Don't think about it. They just, you know, select different mutual funds uh, and they're never really hit in the face or, or brought to their attention. Hey, I could do something else with these monies. Let, let, um, me, so. let me fill you in, Scott, about a interesting uh, dynamic here. I worked for a financial uh, services company myself for more than, uh, you know, decade, decade and a half, you know, like 15 years or so. And I was myself astonished that really I I have the ability to maneuver, you know, my large sum of cash that I have and control my own destiny uh, for future, right? So if I didn't know, uh, I mean, I just get surprised that a uh, common, you know, Joe Smith or uh, Sally Jones off of the street, they would never have this uh, exposure. And 
that that's that's kind of what motivated me to you know bring you on and sort of uh, host sort of this uh, educational session here along uh, through this podcast. So, um, you know, we have this uh, sort of the uh, stock market uh, along our side, right, Scott? So, with you as the business development director at your company, right? What do you see the marketplaces like? How big of a, uh, sort of the chunk of uh, this capital is uh, in the whole financial uh, scheme of things? Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. And, and the fact that most, you know, I'll go over the numbers here in a second. Mo the fact that most people don't know it's possible really is what speaks to, I think, the the possibilities that someone who's raising capital um, have. Um, there's currently over $9 trillion in IRAs alone. Mm -hmm. You lump in 401ks, you're well over $25 trillion. Wow. Um, and less than, you know, the, our, our numbers are always you know, fluctuating, but our best estimates are less than 5% of those monies are in self-directed IRAs or, or some type of self-directed vehicle. So you have 90%, 95% plus of the money that's out there in those accounts sitting in a, in a brokerage firm, sitting in a bank account, uh, because again, the individuals don't know that it's possible. So right. for anyone who's raising capital, so I always tell people who are raising capital, those individuals that you're talking to, you're sitting down at their, their dining room table, you're, you're meeting them at a coffee shop and you're discussing, here's what my plan is, here's what I'm doing, and here's how much capital I'm looking to raise. You know, you have those people who say, yeah, this sounds great, this sounds like a good investment. Um, either I don't have the cash um, to invest with you, or, you know, this in my savings account, and even though this sounds like a good idea, my savings account, you know, is there for my rainy day. If I, you know, lose my job or something happens, right. I need quick access to that money. Right. They have no idea that their IRA, that their old 401k that's sitting there can be used. And those are the funds I think that people are more likely to place in a real estate syndication where there may be a five, seven, eight year uh, exit time frame. I'm, I'm not planning on using my IRA anyways until right. I'm 65, 70 years old. I don't mind putting the money and tying it up for seven or eight years if I'm going to get these types of returns. So right, right. you're raising capital. It's just that same person that you're talking to. There's no secret uh, regarding self-directed IRAs. The same people that you're talking to, they have IRAs, they have old 401ks. It's bringing this up as an option that really allows you to unlock more capital uh, for your IRA account. Right, right. And very well said there, Scott. I think the irony here seems to be, Scott, is that there is, you know, lack of knowledge. And obviously, the media or the sort of the ads that you see on the TV, obviously don't talk about this, because it's not in their beneficial interest to kind of say that, hey, you can take your investments that you have with us and go invest somewhere else that you are, you know, knowledgeable about, you're educated, and things like that. So that's probably the reason that, uh, you know, there's just lack of knowledge around this across the uh, sort of the entire scale of population, as I say it, right? Yeah, there absolutely is. And I think, I mean, I have a, a story I've told many times in many different circumstances that illustrates this. Mm -hmm. uh, I sat down with a couple once who was looking to, you know, invest their IRA uh, into real estate um, mm -hmm. and wanted to get involved. A friend of theirs had told them about us and, and the fact that you could do this. When they went to their financial advisor and said, I, you know, we'd like to use $150,000 to invest in, in a real estate project, mm -hmm. um, the advisor said, oh, you know, you, you don't want to do that. It's against the rules. It's a bad idea. Um, you know, or if you take the money out of here, it's going to be taxed, et cetera. And the advisor simply didn't understand really what a self-directed IRA was. The fact right. that when you move the money from an account to one account, you know, there's no tax consequence. 
right. frankly, I think he was being a little uh, disingenuous and a little misleading with them, telling them, oh, you right. can't do this. Um, he didn't want to lose the business. So you might have advisors who certainly they're looking out for their own best interest. They don't want to lose your portfolio or even a portion of it right. to a competitor. And then you do have the other ones who, you know, when I've even had people ask their CPA and their CPA warns them about the tax implication of pulling money out of your IRA. And even mm -hmm. their CPA doesn't realize this is not, you know, self-directed IRA is not pulling money out of your account as a distribution to invest. Mm -hmm. It's keeping the money inside the IRA, keeping it tax protected, to right. make the investment. So it's like you said, Scar, I think it's uh, a little bit of, you know, I guess ignorance for lack of a better term. Uh, people just don't know the rules or don't know it's possible. And for a lot of the advisors, this is not the world that they are brought up in, so to speak, of, from, on a professional basis. They are taught mutual funds and stocks in the stock market. So when you ask them about this, their knowledge is, is most of them are very limited. Um, so you, that's why you have to, like I said, you have to sometimes find these things out on your own right. or find an advisor who knows about it. Self-directed is for a reason, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and and honestly, it also ties into the this whole sphere of things, Scott, wherein, you know, leadership always comes with uh, sort of that element of fear within it, right? So when suddenly someone talks about taking, you know, like such chunks of money out of your own account that you deemed was secure, now suddenly, you know, there's this whole notion that, oh my God, is it really going to be safe? Uh, is it, oh my, I think I don't see like five other friends doing it. So what am I doing? It's probably almost going to be illegal. Oh no, no, no. They'll go talk to their wife or their uncle. It's like, what are you doing? You must be out of your mind. So probably there's that whole sphere of lack of knowledge that is, you know, almost dis discourages anyone trying to pursue this option. And here we are, you know, the multifamily syndicators that, we are sort of, you know, in that sort of at the top of the canon, I like to say sometimes, is that we're trying to educate and do the right thing. And of course, bring you on as educated experts who can guide us in some of these matters. So I appreciate your taking time. So yeah, no, and, you're, and you're absolutely right. It's people that don't know and you get the, you know, the, the spouse that says, why are you doing this? Or the relative who just yep. doesn't understand it because for some people, they see something new and they run. Um, you know, it's scary. <laughs> Other people see something new and say, hey, what's, I want to know more about that. How do I get involved? So sometimes it is a personality thing as well. I, I absolutely agree with you. And, and money is always coupled with fear. So there's very few people who will say that, hey, I'm going to pursue this unbeaten path of real estate investing and then, you know, charter these other uh, sort of creative techniques. And that's where, you know, obviously investment through IRA also comes in. And there's just not, not a lot of people who do that, you know. But let's let's peel back the onion a little bit uh, here, Scott. Um, if you could maybe give us some uh, sort of uh, high-level steps that you have the traditional IRA, the Roth IRA, you know, the the uh, the SEPs, the simple IRA, and things like that. And could you maybe just kind of guide like people that through these IRAs, what type of investments are uh, possible and how they can kind of go through that? Sure. So yeah, again, when we talked at the top, what a self-directed IRA you get, a self-directed means simply that you have the ability to invest at, at, your, your, at your direction. So a self-directed IRA, though, at its core, still is either, you know, if it's an individual account, you have a traditional uh, IRA, which is a tax-deferred uh, type of retirement account where you place money in, you get deductions uh, up front, and then that money is going to grow tax-deferred, and, you, and you'll pay tax when you get to retirement. So you have the, the ability to compound your money uh, over the years it's in the account, you're going you're gonna to grow it faster. 
Uh, then you have the Roth IRA, which is the uh, inverse of a traditional. It's a tax. It's actually a tax-free vehicle. Mm -hmm. So it's it's making contributions up front, not getting a tax deduction. Uh, but by foregoing that tax deduction, your money is growing completely tax-free, which is just an incredible tool that the, the government's actually given us to use. So for self-directing, again, you can have an individual, traditional, or, or Roth IRA that you're self-directing. Mm -hmm. uh, if you own your own business uh, or own a small business, you, know, you could do a SEP IRA or perhaps a simple IRA um, where you can just, they, they work just like a traditional IRA does, but you have a much larger contribution limit mm -hmm. uh, on an annual basis, but they, they work the same. But for anyone who has one of these existing accounts, it's not difficult um, to move those. But once the monies are in those accounts, you can transfer them from uh, a Schwab to Advanta or from Advanta to Fidelity or Fidelity mm -hmm. to E-Trade. Once the monies are in, you can move the money as often as you'd like, as long as you never put your hands on it. Uh, you can move it from custodian to custodian with no tax consequence whatsoever. So um, there are annual limits on how much you can put out of your own pocket each year. And then people are familiar with that around tax time when they're uh, doing their taxes about making a contribution and lowering their, their tax base. Um, that's limitations only on your contributions. There is no limitation if you already have money inside an existing plan to get that money transferred, to get that money rolled over, right? And then even more so, when you find that good investment for your IRA account, there's no limitation on the earnings. So if you have a Roth IRA making an investment in a syndicated deal and you're getting 15, 20% returns on your money, that is all growing tax-free uh, back into your Roth IRA. So uh, anytime, you know, the only restriction I will say on retirement accounts Mm -hmm. is for current employer plans. Like if you're involved with a 401k through your current employer, mm -hmm. they may have restrictions on, a, on your ability to move the money. You'd have to check with your administrator. A lot of times they do have a few restrictions there, but any type of IRA mm -hmm. and any former employers, but any old 401k or 403b plan mm -hmm. can be moved into a self-directed account. I see. I see. Good. Thank you. Thank you for that over uh, And um, in this, uh, then Scott, like, uh, can what type of different ventures people can do? Like, can they open their own businesses, invest in real estate uh, and things like that? Could you maybe uh, describe the possibilities around this? Oh, I will, but I, what I'll start by doing is saying, here's, here's a few things that you can't do. Because when, okay. when the IRS wrote the rules for mm -hmm. uh, retirement plan investing, they said you can't buy life insurance. Okay. And you mm -hmm. cannot buy, and, you, and your IRA can't buy collectibles like artwork, uh, vintage cars, wines, mm -hmm. uh, interesting Got things it. like that. Uh, the other thing you can't do that you have to be careful, and especially if you're a real estate investor, is your IRA cannot buy or invest in something that you already own. So if I already own a rental property or I already invested in, mm -hmm. involved in a syndication, my IRA can't come into th to that particular deal. So there are a few restrictions there. Right. So kind of um, like a self-dealing is not allowed. If, if Exactly, yes. Yeah, so yeah, with yourself and then right. there's some certain family members that are, are prohibited. But right. outside of that, mm -hmm. You know, any, I like to say people can invest in real estate. Well, what does that mean? I mean, real estate, that could mean you're buying a single family rental home or a condo. It could mean you're flipping property. It could mean you're investing in a multifamily right. a syndication. It could mean you're buying tax liens, tax deeds. Uh, it could mean you're lending money to somebody else and getting a mortgage on that property. So when someone says, I want to invest in real estate, I always have to ask them to be a little more specific. So we can understand right, exactly. what they're looking to do. Right. Yep. And, and probably, you know, 75% of the, the assets that we hold at Advana mm -hmm. are in that real estate field. Uh, we, do, we do hold a number of other, you know, private placements, you know, hedge funds, uh, startup companies, 
Uh, again, I mentioned gold and silver, foreign currency trade, a lot of different things. We've even had some people invest in cryptocurrency at times. So uh, again, as long as it's not life insurance or collectible, your IRA can invest in it. And from our standpoint at Advantage, we just have to make sure uh, that we can document the investment. That's the important thing on the IRA side. Mm-hmm. And on the IRS side is to show and prove that your IRA does indeed own uh, this particular uh, investment. Mm-hmm. So for multifamily syndicators, syndicators out there, your private placement documents, your subscription documents, those are the, the documents we need to see uh, that show the IRA is an investor. I see. I see. And then how can syndicators, uh, you know, who are basically, uh, you know, raising uh, capital for, you know, large multifamily complexes and things like that, how can they help, uh, you know, other passive investors uh, kind of bring them on board and guide them uh, to just sort of, you know, say, hey, this is an option. Could you maybe uh, share with us like how we can go about that? Sure. I think it's, it's important just for anyone who's raising capital to, again, know that they have uh, this tool in their tool belt. So when you're meeting with someone who's looking to invest, um, you know, first you're probably pitching the project and pitching yourself as someone to invest with. But once you've got someone buying in and say, yeah, okay, this sounds interesting. I'd like to be a part of it. The next step is really to then uncover, you know, what source of funds would you have to invest? And again, the thing for people who don't know, uh, probably a lot of the investors that you're talking to don't even think about their IRA or 401k or they think about it and think, well, I, I would mention my IRA, but I have to have that in the stock market. And they just don't know that it's possible. So for you're raising capital, it's bringing that to their attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at Avana, we can try to help you, pro- you know, we can provide you with materials, links, uh, private landing pages, things to help you explain what self-direction is. Um, and certainly, you know, if you, you get someone who's got to that point where, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd like to invest and I'd like to use my IRA to do it. I just have some more technical questions. You know, you don't have to be an expert on that. That's where you could put them in touch with someone like myself to then walk that person through right. saying, here's the steps you're going to take. Here's why it's not taxable uh, and answer their questions on the IRA side of things. You know, we wouldn't be able to vouch for the investment or, or talk to them about that, but we can at least walk them through that part. So I think for anyone raising capital, it's good to probably get a basic understanding of self-directed IRAs, mm-hmm. understand that it's not taxable, um, and know the concept. And then after that, it's it's merely letting a professional like myself just really explain the the ins and outs and the, and the unique questions that someone's going to have um, that are in our industry specific. But again, right. get yourself educated, and then let us help you. You know, we can provide you flyers and landing pages and things like that to help you. Uh, explain it the, the concept better to your investors right right and so when you say uh, scott not taxable could you maybe you know explain a little bit about the process like let's say if you have, if you have the gains and uh, i think i heard you earlier also say that as long as uh, someone doesn't lay hands on their investments or doesn't touch that money could you maybe explain like the exact process that uh, i know Advanta eric uh, you, you know should be uh, act more like a custodian right mm-hmm. so in these cases uh, i think uh, sort of the basic understanding i have uh, that i know of is that let's say if i invest hundred thousand dollars any dividend payments uh, interest payments and you know any gains that come off of that should pretty much flow right back into your IRA account. It should not really go into like your bank checking account and things like that. So basically that loop is uh, closed enough that it stays within your IRA funded through IRA and things like, could you maybe explain us the sort of the the details uh, around all that? Sure. So we'll start kind of the basis when you're, when you're first getting started, someone you'll say, I have an IRA, 
with a brokerage firm. And that's the money I want to use to, you know, self-direct and invest in into syndication. Um, you know, we would, we will submit a form to their current brokerage account saying, you know, that Joe Smith wants to move a hundred thousand dollars from their IRA there to an account with us. Uh, the, if the money doesn't touch your hands, meaning that your brokerage firm is sending a check or wire directly from their account to the new accounts you open with us, it's a trustee to trustee transfer, tax-free uh, movement of funds. It's not reportable to the IRS at all. Uh, it could begin. The IRS will only tax you on your IRA account, uh, so to speak, when you take a distribution. That's when you become personally liable for taxes is when you place, put, you know, that money's in your account or your receipt of it. So IRA to IRA is a transfer. If you have money in an old 401k mm -hmm. uh, through an old employer, it's just requesting them to send the money to us as a direct rollover. Again, because it's direct, they send a check to us for deposit, mm -hmm. not taxable to you. It's just money right back into your account. Um, so that's the first step. That's getting the account open and getting funds transferred. There's no tax consequence as long as you follow one of those two steps and, and we'll certainly walk you through those mm -hmm. as you go. And then as you mentioned, Sakar, when you invest the money, mm -hmm. your IRA invests into a syndication a mm -hmm. deal and you're getting back monthly or quarterly dividends, mm -hmm. um, that is income to your IRA. Now income to your IRA, generally speaking, uh, we can go over an exception here in a minute, but it, there is no tax for your IRA to receive income. You know, so mm -hmm. if your IRA is invested in uh, IBM stock right now and you get a dividend, you would not expect to pay any tax. Uh, that's right. just income back to your IRA. Now the same mm -hmm. principle, it's just a different investment. You're holding a multifamily syndication or you're investing in a rental property instead of holding a mutual fund. So the income that's generated is also not taxable uh, to you. It just goes back into your IRA account. Right, right. And, and just to give you a perspective to our listeners, many a times these lucrative uh, multifamily investments and other opportunities that come along, it is uh, not uncommon to see uh, investors doubling their money or getting you know, like 1.5 times uh, equity multiple uh, within, let's say, uh, you know, three to five years. It's really not uncommon. Uh, so just in the big scheme of things, it's, it's really powerful to see that you can invest 100000 and within three to five years, get perhaps, you know, 170000 or even greater than 200000 sometimes. Uh, it's really powerful. It's, it's basically you're doing by your correct education, as you rightfully said, Scott, that if you know what you're doing, you can benefit sort of your retirement by kind of directing some of these funds, which could have been, you know, maybe... Uh, invested in some, uh, uh, you know, low yield mutual funds and things like that. Uh, you know, it, it's it's certainly worthwhile for, uh, you know, our listeners to get educated and uh, think about, uh, you know, what different options could be available. And as long as you can understand the investment and the, it makes plenty of sense to, you know, use your IRA and invest that money. And now speaking of the investments, uh, Scott, is there any limit in terms of, okay, uh, like the proportion of, uh, let's say if someone has, uh, let's say 800,000 or a million in their uh, IRA account, is there any like sort of uh, proportional limit as to how much you can invest? Can you do like maybe not more than 50%, anything like anything like that? No, there, there's no rules on that. So that's gonna be specific then to the IRA owner themselves as far as what they're willing to invest. So if I have a half million dollars in my IRA account, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I have come across a syndication deal where I could invest all of that, mm -hmm. or I have a minimum of 50,000. 
-hmm. I can invest any amount that I choose. Um, mm -hmm. So if I want to move the entire amount, that's up to me. Mm -hmm. um, there is no rules that the IRS has. It is strictly up to the individual mm -hmm. as to what they feel comfortable doing. So they could invest, you know, uh, especially again, if you're a syndicator, you might find people want to invest a minimum with you in your first deal. Right. Uh, they want to make they want to make sure you produce. They don't want to put all their eggs in one basket sure. right off the bat. Yeah. Um, but that next deal comes along, um, they can put more money with you. And and again, when you transfer money from IRA to IRA, mm -hmm. there's no tax consequence. Right. So, you know, again, you can move money multiple times from one IRA to another. And in fact, most of our clients at Advana do not have all of their retirement accounts with us. It's a, uh, you know, whatever portion or whatever they need to make that particular investment work. That's what we're holding. I so, see. I see. Yep. So, so someone can as well maintain their existing 401k rollover, like a partial proceeds to your company and make that uh, investment option uh, through their IRA and kind of work that way. Don't have to do like, you know, one full scale all, right? Correct. Right. So the, the only, again, the only restriction on, on doing that is if with your current employer, um, you may be restricted on what monies you can move. But other than that, old 401ks, IRAs, you can do all portion, you know, whatever you want. We have people who make investments with us for five years, the investment pays off. And when they're done, they take the money and go right back to a brokerage firm or a bank you know, and move money yeah. back and forth. You have that freedom and flexibility. Right, right. Thank you for clarifying that. So basically, in other words, if your uh, 401k is vested for you know certain number of years, and hopefully your, that vesting period then allows you to transfer those would be good candidates to move over and start, uh, you know, uh, the self-direction process, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that again, with a current employer, I just encourage everyone just to call your employer and say, I need to roll this money to an IRA or I need to roll a portion of it right, and see right. what they tell you. They'll either say, okay, here's the form or you're not eligible. But they, they, the, the first question they might ask is, who told you that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> awesome. So uh, in this, uh, Scott, like what type of entity structure is used? Like, let's say, if, uh, you know, John Smith comes in and says that, okay, here's my IRA. Do they need to form a LLC or any LLP or any things like that? How, how does like the model work? Like it's uh, like, let's say we want to contribute $50,000. Like how, how exactly does, is that done? Like, you know, sometimes we see this for benefit of somebody's IRA or things right. like that. So is that like an entity structure? Could you maybe clarify some things around it? Yeah, I mean, when you're investing in these types of deals, you can, there's, there's no requirement that you set up an LLC or an LLP uh, to make that investment. And there are some, you know, self-directed providers out there that insist that you do that and it's going to cost you more to get set up. Now, mm -hmm. you certainly can, mm -hmm. uh, but the language you just mentioned, the FBO, we see that, um, you, you'll see that when it's an IRA account. That is typically the legal wording for an IRA account. We use Advanta IRA, FBO, or for benefit of, you know, Joe Smith's IRA account. That's the legal right. wording for his IRA as its own entity. So when you set up an IRA account, you're really setting up another entity at that time. Your IRA is its own distinct entity. Um, right. We have people who have used LLCs. Mm -hmm. um, they call them a checkbook IRA in our industry. It allows you to get more control over your funds, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not needed. Um, you know, again, if you're doing maybe several different syndication deals or you're buying, say, a rental property where you need to write mm -hmm. checks for, to pay bills, mm -hmm. then an LLC may make sense. But it, it's not necessary. Uh, it's really, again, up to each individual person what they want to do.
I see. So uh, in, uh, I'm just going to maybe ask a very uh, sort of a basic question. Can someone maybe purchase properties through their IRA and operate that whole property and get the rent proceeds coming into their IRA and things like that? Can they really do that? You can, you can, and we, we've certainly seen people do it, whether it's a condo or maybe a single family home, obviously not so much mm -hmm. in the multifamily space, just due to the, the cost involved, sure, but sure. you can, you can have your IRA buy a property, rent it, have your tenants sent your, their rent checks back right, to your right, IRA. Right, right. However, you have to make sure that you're not getting paid for the work. Um, if you are, you know, say you buy a rental property and you need to mm -hmm. paint it, you need mm -hmm. to hire somebody else. To, to, mm -hmm. paint the, to, to paint it. Right. So there's definitely some other rules that, that, that come more into play right. uh, when you're buying that single family home than if you were investing passively in somebody else's syndication where you're not involved at all in the management right. or day-to-day -day operations. Right, right. The, the, I, I guess the reason I was asking that, uh, Scott, there is that there could be perfect, uh, you know, reasons where, uh, you know, we see all the time that uh, people are shopping for vacation homes or second home down on the lake and things like that. And, you know, they may not have all the proceeds, but they may not even realize that, oh, I can invest, uh, you know, let's say 100000 for this down payment through my IRA, right? So those could be like perfect candidates where someone is saying, hey, I just want to, you know, invest in a vacation home and just have it like a long term vacation rental or something. So in that case, it's not really tight or their goal is not really like a true investments of sort. They can say that, hey, it's more of discretionary thing that I'm doing. Uh, how about I, you know, have my IRA just deal with all of this, get all the rents, repairs, everything figured out through IRA. And, uh, you know, hopefully if things are going well, you know, the property can appreciate and whatever down the line, if they sell it, that 100,000 uh, investment might perhaps become uh, whatever, 200, 300,000. Would that be like a fair scenario? Yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. So certainly buying an, an investment property, renting it, getting the, the cash flow back to your IRA mm -hmm. and also the appreciation when you sell it, that's all well and good. The only kind of caveat that is if you're buying a property on the beach, mm -hmm. it's got to, it still has to be strictly for investment or even, you know, wherever, where the mountains, wherever, but your, the investment in an IRA has to be strictly for investment purposes. It cannot right. be used for a vacation home I or see. a second home, whatever. That's just the, the one, um, except, you know, that's the one thing they have to be made sure of is that yes, you find that property and you're going to rent it out for 10 months of the year, but you want to use it the other two. Unfortunately, you cannot do that in your IRA account, but as far if it was strictly investment, uh -huh. uh, no problem at all. Your, your uh, description of the, the investment is absolutely spot on. And that's what we see our people, you know, see clients doing. I see. I see. Got it. Got it. And uh, speaking of the same entity structure there, uh, then Scott, that uh, is it possible that many times, uh, you know, the multifamily syndicators always have uh, funds uh, established where they are continuously, you know, taking uh, passive investors uh, uh, sort of capital and raising the capital that way. Uh, could could that be possible that you can have a fund and have other investors, uh, passive investors, invest the money in, in the uh, uh, through their IRA? Is that something that's doable? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. So if you're, you're whether it's a deal specific, you know, I'm raising you know two million dollars for this particular project, or mm -hmm. if you have a separate investment fund mm -hmm. um, that you solicit money for and you just pay a, a going return. Mm -hmm. um, that's up to you. I mean, that certainly is possible. Again, if it's your IRA, that's, you know, for whoever's IRA is investing, they're just not supposed to be benefiting anyway, personally. From that. But when you're, when you're a passive investor, you're not getting that. It's just your IRA 
it's it's very similar in a sense to buying stock. Yeah. If I buy stock at IBM, I don't work for IBM. I'm not uh, developing their products or their services. I'm just a passive investor wanting to get a dividend. When it comes to the real estate and the syndications, it's just you know maybe a smaller scale than an IBM, obviously, mm -hmm. but it's the same principle involved. I'm just passively investing, putting my money into this deal and hoping right. to get a dividend and hoping to get profits back. So the difference is simply that it's private. It's a, you know, sometimes you have to be accredited to make that investment, um, right. which not the case with, with buying, you know, publicly traded stock. Right. But in that case, again, you're, you know, one of, of millions of investors in the case of a syndication, you may be one of a five, 10, a hundred different people all invested in the same deal. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so Scott, typically like when we invest in multifamily, 60 to 90 day uh, closing of a property is very, uh, you know, common. Um, and I know these transfer of uh, IRA accounts and things like that, those things can take time. Uh, what would you uh, sort of give advice to uh, syndicators or even uh, passive uh, investors for that matter? Um, like what sort of timelines are involved into transferring the capital and things like that. And when should probably, um, you know, all the uh, sort of passive investors or multifamily uh, syndicators uh, engage with uh, your company? Like when should that conversation start? I would say as soon as possible, just so we can, can get involved. If it's a situation where it's, it's Monday and I have a closing on Friday, it's, it's not going to happen that, that right. quickly. Right. Um, the hard thing about us trying to pinpoint a time is that each IRA custodian is different mm -hmm. on, on how long they take. Some of them will transfer funds within a matter of a few days. Mm -hmm. So in theory, we could open up an account, get money moved from your other custodian, and then make your investment all within, you know, seven to 10 days. Uh, so other custodians insist on taking longer or sending us checks, mm -hmm. which are going to take longer to get here in the mail and then have to clear. And that process can, can sometimes take a few weeks. So, uh, I'd advise, you know, getting people at least in touch. Um, if it's one of those situations, we'll, we'll know who the other custodian is mm -hmm. and say, okay, you know, that custodian is actually very quick. Mm -hmm. um, it shouldn't take us more than two weeks to get this all done. Or the situation where it's like an old 401k, those, for instance, anytime you roll over from an old 401k, 99% mm -hmm. of the time they will send a check. They will mm -hmm. not wire transfer funds. So that's going to mm -hmm. slow the process down. Mm -hmm. So it's just getting an understanding and, and probably getting people, um, in touch with us as soon as possible. Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing that we will do with the syndicator is, you know, all those private placement uh, investment forms and subscription documents. It's good to get those to us as soon as possible as well so that we can be able to go through them, uh, know where the IRA is going to be listed and also work with the client uh, as soon as we get the account set up so that all we're waiting for is the funds to arrive. And so, you know, you're looking from anywhere again from a week to possibly three or four, just depending on who the other custodian is for the whole right. transaction right. to finish. Right. right. I, I think in, in big scheme, uh, scheme of things that you described uh, here, Scott, uh, I mean, two to four weeks is really not bad. I think the key is that uh, understanding that this option is available that you can uh, sort of take advantage of and getting the paperwork and being ready and prepared is uh, seems to be the key. And once I think that, uh, sort of some of that groundwork is laid out, uh, transferring the funds or, you know, uh, uh, getting the paperwork ready to, you know, uh, get, get the investment going, that should not be, uh, you know, too, too big of a deal. Would that be correct? Yeah, it's, it's not. It's, um, it's getting the person 
again, from our perspective, we're usually hearing from this individual after you've already sold them on the investment and they're, mm -hmm. this person is now considering using their IRA to, to actually make the investment. So right. um, at that point, it's just doing paperwork. We could try to speed up the process as much as right. we can on our end. Right. Uh, I can tell you, we're very quick with what we do. It's the, if there's any ever waiting time mm -hmm. for the investment, it's always just getting the funds transferred uh, from the other custodians. So right. Right. Uh, it doesn't take much, but yeah, it's a good idea just to get it, Transactions go so much more smoothly. Everybody's happier when you give it a couple of weeks so that it just, you know, the money just comes in. There's no hiccups. Uh, right. It's when you're trying to cram something in within a, you know, a week or t to 10 days and just have oh, to get yeah. it done. It's, that's when mistakes get made. That's when, right. or when issues pop up right. and that just gets frustrating for everyone. Oh, I know the stress level is pretty high when you have sort of some uh, timelines behind you and you just sure. don't have time. You know, I, I, I can understand that. Sure. Um, so in, in this, Scott, um, one of the things is that how is your company specialized uh, into handling the syndications and guiding, uh, you know, uh, sort of the passive investors, right? Because I heard so many stories where, um, you, you know, like different people will uh, sort of have their um, uh, self-directed IRAs with different companies, right? And one is their structure or they are not set up to handle syndications. Uh, you know, they don't understand, you know, what goes behind the scenes and uh, how, you know, time sensitive or like how specific these syndications tend to be, right? So could you maybe describe how uh, sort of your company is uh, geared towards and expert in this field? Uh, because I, I see this common thread all the time that uh, many syndicators tell us that a lot of great things about your company that please, uh, you know, engage your company. Uh, could you maybe share like unique uh, benefits and uh, how your company is sort of is an expert in this? Sure. And, and again, this, what I'm going to say comes from the fact that again, that we understand that for a syndicator raising capital, you have done the hard work already. You have laid out a prospectus, you've laid out a plan right. and convinced someone to put, you know, their retirement savings with you, 50, 100, 500 grand. Right. The last thing we want to do is start putting up roadblocks and but that, that start to have someone question what they're doing. So right. to that end, we have worked with, you know, countless syndicators, countless, you know, private placements in general over the years. Mm -hmm. So what we try to do is first off, any new account that comes in for your investors, mm -hmm. uh, we have an account, we have account managers here who actually process all of the investment paperwork. Mm -hmm. We will put all of those new accounts with the same account manager. So you're only dealing with one person in our company who's already seen your subscription documents, knows how they're supposed to be completed. Mm -hmm. You have their name, you have their email, uh, and they keep in constant communication with you and the client as to what's mm -hmm. going on. So we found that to be very successful um, so that you're not bouncing around to different departments and different individuals who you might get one answer from one person and a different one from someone else. That That, number one, has been... I think the biggest key to us in making things easy and, and you know, as simple as possible is having that direct account manager, one person to talk to. Uh, we also don't have a legal review process. You know, there are some custodians that want to look through your subscription documents and um, send it to a legal department to see if it's something they can hold or do, the, do some due diligence. That's not something we do. Mm -hmm. um, our role is to make sure that the investment gets properly titled. It's not for us to do the due diligence. So. Right. The legal side should have been definitely upfront handled by the syndicator itself. Uh, so sure. that, 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 that is basic. I mean, he, he wouldn't be there without, uh, you, you know, sort of doing this. So, right. But. So, yeah. So we try to get the, I think having that one-on-one -on -one account manager, again, if you give us the subscription documents in advance, mm -hmm. 
we can even provide a template and go through it and say, hey, here's what it's going to look like mm -hmm. for the IRA investor. And again, when that person you know, becomes a new account holder and we're waiting for their money to come in, we're already working with them on getting the investment paperwork done. Hey, here, let's just get this filled out now. Mm -hmm. When the money comes, it's a matter of us receiving it, depositing it, and then making the investment. So awesome. that's really, I think, been the number one thing. We are you know, having that, especially having that point of contact. I get that feedback a lot from uh, private placements, especially. Hey, I really enjoyed working with Courtney. I enjoyed working mm -hmm. with Corey or Chris. Um, on my transaction, they were really helpful. They gave me a lot of feedback. And then I never actually, sometimes don't hear from the syndicators that much. Because oh, I know. they, they it, don't it have is. that relationship with that person. Right. Right, them all right. the uh, I cannot, you know, overstate the benefits of having that one point of contact who knows exactly what the transaction is, what type of apartment, uh, you know, transaction you're talking about, uh, speaking of multifamily, so that anytime any investor is coming in, they know exactly what paperwork, where funds go, what account numbers, and you know how the whole uh, transaction is happening. And more importantly, what the deadlines are, you know, because it's like deadlines are everything in in a lot of these indications. So having that one point point of contact, as you said, Scott, is hugely beneficial. Uh, just in you know, a couple of last questions uh, here, Scott. Um, I know from a platform of uh, experience that you have and the amount of business development that you have done uh, with Advanta IRAs uh, so far. Uh, how have you seen this space grow? Are you seeing like tremendous growth uh, into this uh, self-directed space? Like, could you maybe share some tidbits around it? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have numbers to it, so it's, it's somewhat anecdotal, but sure. I can tell you within the last probably two years, um, I've, we've seen phenomenal, you know, we, and it's based on really the people who are contacting us. Right. Um, back in 2008, uh, after the real estate market tanked, <laughs> I, think, I think primarily the, the, the new clients we saw coming in were all trying to scoop up uh, single family homes and in a short sale or foreclosure situation. So almost right. all of our investors were just mm -hmm. individual mom and pop buying a single family home. Mm -hmm. um, as the market has turned and you see people, there's been a lot more real estate development. It's really been in the last few years mm -hmm. uh, that we've seen just just dramatic uptick. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I remember, you know, years past, I probably knew, you know, three to five people who were doing multifamily syndication type deals. And, and right. you know, at, at across, that's across the whole country, people I work with. Now it's, you know, I'm, I'm meeting more and more multifamily syndicators oh, absolutely. Absolutely. than I am individual, you know, condo or, or you know, rental home investors. So, right. Right. Um, so again, I don't have numbers for it. I can just say anecdotally, it's certainly something we've seen take off. Right, right, right. I mean, I'm sure your uh, AUM's like assets under management must have, you know, significantly grown, uh, yes. you know, as things have, uh, you know, sort of uh, exploded around here. So good. I appreciate it. Um, so anyways, uh, some of the best advice that you can give uh, the listeners who are considering, uh, you know, investments through IRA, any, uh, any sort of warnings, tidbits, or sort of the best advice you can give them? Sure. I'll, I'll give you twofold. For, for someone who's looking to invest their own IRA, uh, I think it's important, number one, to realize what you're hearing today is not a gimmick. It's not a, um, you know, oh, it must not be true because I haven't heard about it before. No, go right. investigate it. Go to our website. Right. Go to look online. Google self-directed IRAs. You'll find that it's certainly something that you can do. Um, but the other thing, important thing for an individual investor is also know that when you're investing in a self-directed IRA, you need to do your own due diligence uh, for the right. investment. Um, Advanta does not sell investments. We do not vet investments. Right. We simply hold them right. at your direction. So for the individual investor, uh, take that away that I, I can do this. I have the knowledge. I have the control. 
but I need to make sure that I'm aware of what's going on. Right. And for people who are listening, who are looking to raise capital, again, $9 trillion of funds that are out there um, that you could access uh, right. to, in, right. to invest and to have people who, again, they're not using their IRA because they choose not to invest in your project or, or choose not to self-direct. It's because they don't know that they can. Right. Right. Yeah, you're going to run into some people that say, no, I'm not going to touch my IRA. It stays in the market. That's yeah. fine. But right. most people have no idea that this is possible. And that's the key thing right. is to know that you can simply by simply mentioning the words and educating someone a little bit, you're right. probably going to unlock a lot more capital. Right. right. I, I say it so many times, Scott, that education is a sort of a freedom giving opportunity that you educate yourself, understand what you're getting into and as you rightfully said that, you know, learn the pros and cons, look, look back at the history. I mean, it's just strictly speaking of multifamily. I mean, I, I bring this up all the time is that look at the delinquency rate of uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans. I mean, these agencies are making billions with a B, billions of dollars of these loans and their delinquency rates are like 0 0.01, 0 0.03. And we're talking, you know, billions of dollars again, right? So that that goes on to show the resiliency and sort of the economics behind, you know, why these syndications or uh, uh, multifamily apartment deals are, uh, you know, profitable. And you know, speaking of IRAs, I mean, we, sh I mean, everyone should probably, you know, investigate this and look into investing these because the your future financial future could be a whole lot better in next three to five years. Uh, definitely if you take some baby steps and start to consider investing through your self-directed IRA. So I appreciate your time start today. Uh, uh, great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Please share with us, uh, you know, how listeners can uh, find you. Absolutely. Um, best way to get a hold of me at times, uh, just call me. Um, the number is 800-425-0653. My direct extension is 1123. You're going to get me. Uh, or you can also visit our website. As I mentioned, part of the journey of being of self-directing is really becoming educated. Right. Um, AdvantaIRA.com. A-D-V-A-N-T-A-I-R-A.com. Wealth of information. We'll have always have a list of our upcoming events as well. Uh, right. Webinars, seminars that we do. Again, the purpose behind all of it is to educate you so that you know what's possible and then take control of your financial future. Very well said. And I know your website is a wealth of knowledge. You have blogs, articles, your company does webinar uh, that I have personally attended. And uh, I really appreciate all the work uh, your company does, Scott. Uh, well, thank, you. thank you once again. And for listeners, uh, please visit to premiumcashflow.com. Uh, we also specialize in multifamily syndications. Uh, we have a lot of research articles, statistics that go behind it. And we bring on experts just like uh, we have Scott today. Uh, we have brokers, we have investors, we have young investors, in fact, who are doing great deals and things like that. So there's a lot of content. Uh, I mean, read, educate, learn, not just us. There is plenty of information, as Scott also said. Uh, so please research and, uh, you know, do all these creative investments and knowledge is your power. So with that, thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure having you. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please join us at premiumcashflow.com to sign up for weekly updates, research articles, and more. We will see you again for another great interview with an expert guest.